Blog Talk Radio. General Quarters, Security Condition 3. EQ, Security 3, sir. General Quarters 3, Intruder Alert. EQ 3, Intruder Alert. Hello? Do I have the best doorman in the world or what? Hi, how are you doing? David? I'm doing great. I am doing great. Doing good. I'm so happy to have you here. I was going to, I was going to give you a big lead in, and uh, go give it, give it, give it. No, go give it, give it in, so I can hear all about myself. Okay, okay, good, because you know you might need a little boost. It's close to the end of the day. First of all, what I usually do in here uh, is I welcome the guests back, and I say I am so glad to have you here, and thank everyone so much. This is no joke. We have had such a spike in listeners this year. It seems like every week it gets better and better. Subscribers on iTunes, Stitchers, um, the stats of people that download the shows after they've been broadcast live is getting bigger. We've had so many guests, and it's because of you people that, that listen and that follow and tell your friends and share. And it's also because of the nice people who have agreed to be our guests and who have come on. Like this week we had Anthony J. Sharp, best known in the U.S. for playing Cease uh, the role of Cease or Cecil in uh, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Uh, then we we'll see. <laughs> uh, last night we had Hall, uh, Bruce Sedano, uh, singer-songwriter. He's written hits for Reba McIntyre, Dolly Parton, uh, Jermaine, and Michael Jackson, as well as his late wife Donna Summer, whom he co-wrote with. And uh, don't forget too, uh, one of our favorite guests. Uh, Chasm Sultan is on tour, so remember to get his bootleg, but he's on tour with Don Felder right now. And coming up next week, Tuesday, we have uh, super bassist. I just saw her recently with the Adrian Ballou power trio, Julie Slick. And Julie's coming. Then after that, soon, we're going to have Prairie Prince, drummer, and Carolyn Mernick. She's the senior editor of New York Magazine and author of The Hot One, a memoir of friendship, sex, and murder, which will be published next month, but I've already read it. It's a true story, and uh, it's, it's quite fascinating. So, but tonight, tonight, tonight is a great night. My guest tonight is this man, I don't know how, it's the kind of person where you meet and you feel like once you learn even part of what they've done, you think, well, boy, am I a slacker. Uh, native New Yorker. He is a legendary sports and entertainment agent and producer. He's authored two books, Putting It on the Line, about his experiences in sports and entertainment, and also Rock Your Business, what you and your company can learn from the business of rock and roll, which we're going to be talking about tonight. Also, he created the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and this is just an, a, such an incredible experience for people, and the thing is you can do it on your own or you can do it as part of a corporate uh, team-building event, and I've read about these in his books and read reviews of them. They're well, in the jazz world, would say it's monstrous. This is a monster. It's great. And some of the people who are involved um, have been on this show before. So please let me bring him here into Madame Perry's salon to find his own nice cushion to sit on. And welcome, please, David Fishoff. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And, and I tell you this from a complimentary before we even start, because after you know writing a few books and, and doing many interviews for the books and and speaking about the camp, and it's, it's very rare, I would say 25, 30% of the people actually read the books and actually really do the research, and, um, and it's just on to the next guest. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and, and uh, making your guests feel, um, wow, I really prepared for you. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh so well, I good, that. good. I want everyone to 
I want everyone to feel welcome and uh, yeah. and, and feel prepared. So that's very good. Thank you. And uh, and yeah, the thing too about um, we're going to talk mainly tonight about uh, rock your business the book and about rock and roll fantasy camp uh, for any individual that wants to go or for a corporate team builder. Which I when when I first heard about that, I thought, okay, well now how would that work? And then when I watched the videos, which I've been putting on uh, Twitter and Facebook and such, when I began watching the videos and listen to people talk about the uh, the corporate version. How do you, I, I just imagine so, your, your mind, your brain, how you came up with this. And when I read your, even the titles and Rock Your Business, you know, everything I make so, it's clever, it's not, you got a great catch to pull you in with a part of the title of the chapter, then the little subtitle, what it means. And, and your ideas are just, they're brilliant. And some of them you make so clean and clear like any of us can do it. So what's interesting is, and people who work for me have said this to me, is every day I do wake up with a new idea. Every day I have an idea to do something. I mean, last night uh, I was in my pool and I'm laying there, just, and all of a sudden all these ideas started coming out to me. So I jumped out of the pool, got a pad of paper, and I started writing all these concepts about how I want to promote my upcoming documentary and all the marketing. And I, and I just wrote it in the middle, in the, in the, you know, from like 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock at night, got on a pad of paper. Um, I'm always thinking. I'm always trying to come up with ideas. Um, and and then the, the reason I wrote the book is because so many people come up with ideas and they don't do anything about it. I mean, if you stop people mm-hmm. on the street and say, what's your million-dollar idea that you think about every day? And there's someone who has an, an, uh, an app, someone has an idea, someone has – and they don't do anything. And that's why I wrote the book because, um, you know, you have to take these ideas and, and there's ways to expand them and, and to really test them and see if they work. Um, and, and you could test them in so many different ways. I mean, you know, from the old-time movie producers, Yoram Columbus, and um, they, they went and they came up with movies. They, they made a poster of a film, and they would go to um, MIP, which is the famous movie convention, worldwide convention in south of France, and they would show the, 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 uh, the poster, and if people said, oh, Turkey would come, or Germany would come, and Spain would come, all these different uh, movie you know, people who own theaters, and say, oh, well, I want to buy that film, buy that film. Or if they, did, so the, if they had enough orders that people were going to buy the film, they made the film. And if they didn't, then they didn't, if enough people didn't like the title or like the stars in it, then they didn't make the film. The old Jerry Weintraub, the late Jerry Weintraub, one of the greatest promoters. Yeah. Um, in rock and roll, and he did he went anywhere from Elvis Presley to Sinatra to Three Dog Night to the Beach Boys. So he himself, you know, before the internet, um, would put an ad in the um, Seattle paper. He called an arena there, and because he was Jerry Weintraub, he says, "Oh, is the arena available September 14?" And they say, "Yes." Yeah. So he'd say, "Hold the building, I want to bring a concert there." And what he would do is he would um, put up a concert for, uh, let's say, the Beach Boys Chicago, September 14th in Seattle at the arena. And he actually put tickets on sale. And if it sold, then he would do it around the world. He would do it around the United States. And if it didn't sold, he didn't. He wouldn't do the show. So what happened was it was a great uh, opportunity for him to test whether there was interest in, in, a, in a combination of a Chicago Beach Boys show or how many tickets it would sell. And back then, people would do all these things and test ideas. Um, and this, so, so that's just one example of how to test an idea, whether it's getting mm-hmm. together 20 of your best friends and doing it. But I, one, of the, one of the biggest things that I am a proponent of and is to take an idea that you have and try to make it happen. See if there's any results for it. And if, if, if you know, the people at Apple, they decided they were going to do it, and look where they are today. And look at so many positive uh, situations that people came up with ideas uh, from, from a Starbucks. And, and it doesn't have to be Starbucks. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a multi-zillionaire. It can be something that you can make a million dollars, a half a million dollars, but just something that you can create and have your own. And I'm a big proponent of that. And, um you know, while people come to me all day and say, wow, that Rocco Fisker, what a great idea. And I've had managers tell me, oh, man, Fischoff, I can't believe you thought of it. I would have wished I could have done it. <laughs> and, 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 but I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't a great idea. 
It wasn't a great idea. It was a great idea for me at the time because I didn't want to travel anymore. I wanted to find a way to be in the music business and not have to live on the road because most people who grow up in what I do, whether they're promoters, whether they're producers, whether they're managers, if they're agents, they spend many days on the road because, you know, when, you're, when, you're business, when your band is touring in Chicago – you really have to be in Chicago because that's where the business is taking place. So when the monkeys were playing, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I had to be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If I had dirty dancing and at the Greek theater, I had to be there. So I wanted to find a business mm-hmm. where I could be in rock and roll and not to travel. And that's why, why I created the camp as a business. You know, the, the problem you have with, with it's like every other business has, has um as everyone has problems, the biggest problem we ran into is that people are afraid to come. People are scared to jam with their heroes. Um, and that's why this documentary that uh, we're going to we'll talk a little bit about tonight um, is about the stories of the people that um, who did come. Um, versus the people who are scared to come, and and you know I've had the I've had the biggest stars who signed up for camp and call me um, a few days before and say, David, I I don't want to go, I can't go. I said, why can't you go? I, I can't play behind Steven Tyler. I can't jam with Roger Daltrey. And I said, but I said to one guy who's an Olympic skater, Scott Hamilton, the, probably the greatest skater, male male skater oh in the gosh, world. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I and I said to Scott, I said, Scott, you got to come. You, you have to come. It's going to be a great experience. And, you know, you're going to be out of your, your comfort zone, but you got to try it. And he he came because he was a friend. He said, okay, David, I'm going to do it because he told me to come. And um, and he, he's quoted as saying it was one of the greatest experiences in the world that he, he went to. Um, you had the same thing with the with a gentleman who who's one of the biggest directors for Disney. He, he signs up for Jeff Beck, and then he cancels. And a week before he cancels, and I said to him, Bruce, I said, Bruce, you have to come. And, and, and you know, I said, oh, I'll come to another camp. I said, no, you wanted to jam with Jeff Beck. You got to come. And he said, but I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. And I said to him, you come. And he came. And he had the greatest experience of his life, he told me, besides his family and everything like that. And he said what was amazing about the experience is that it made me become a better player. Because when you play with these pros, it pushes you to play better. And it takes you to another level of your of your musicianship. So mm-hmm. I, I hope we'll talk about that tonight. Um, and then... The, the other thing, just to make an introduction to your podcast, um, I love corporate America. Um, in the, in the, I'm hoping that in, is that they adopt using music uh, for team building, uh, for creativity. Um, you know, recently I was a guest speaker for the McKinsey um, Consulting Company, and they, I asked the, the gentleman, I said, why did you ask me to come in to speak? And um, you have so many smart people here that are geniuses here and have degrees up the yin-yang. And he said, David, he said, we, our people are very smart and they know graphs and they know the, they know how to do graphs. But what a lot of people lack is telling a story. A lot of people lack, you know, embracing a client. Yes, they're geniuses, but we need them to learn how to tell a story, how to embrace clients, how to have, have a little personality. And what so that was that situation, McKinsey. But um, re- recently, I, I met with one of the big eight accounting firms, and they hired us to do an event coming up in Vegas. And I said, "What's your issue?" And they said, "Our issue is team building. It's teams not working together. And you know, we have so many people here. Not you know, they're not. We want to we want to get our teams more into working together." I want to take them out of their comfort zones and take them into to a to a different situation where they're they're not comfortable, where they they and they can become creative and they can perform. And our program really answers that. Um, we we basically bring them in rooms with rock stars and have them rewrite lyrics to the rock stars' songs about their company. So it forces them to write, to be creative, to become a band. All the, all those people are rewriting the songs are being a band, and then they have to perform with the rock stars behind them. So. I'm a big believer of taking people out of their comfort zones and forcing them in a position where they can learn from it. And, you know, whether and I've done many programs of self-help and whether they are taking people back to their childhoods and um, whatever it is, taking people out of their comfort zone will force them to grow. And, uh, and then, and, and the last thing I want to tell you is that 
the documentary that we're doing is leading as we're as, as the director is doing it and she and and uh, kim first a terrific director and she keeps telling me said david this is unbelievable that i i want to get corporate america to learn because they see the results of, of how it works and and you can learn a lot from rock stars there's amazing amount they are so talented they are so creative and they've been through so much so much and how many brands today have lasted 50 years like the who 50 years like the rolling stones mm-hmm. 40 years like kiss how many brands are out there today is kodak could they could they did they were they able to to come around and be the be the same company they were no and but these rock bands they are bigger than ever and if it's not in the united states it's in europe i mean guns and roses just left israel sold 65,000 tickets um, you know, gun, um, Aerosmith is in is in Poland. They sold fifty thousand tickets. I mean, so so the, the these bands are are just getting bigger and bigger um, as their brands grow. So that's a big opening. Well, I can dig it. I can absolutely dig it. <laughs> and so, and you're right. And then about the uh, yeah, you, there's a different way. And I think there was a, it had to do too with a quote I read in, in Rock Your Business, your book, um, from Keith Richards about you know you have to have the passion, but we don't always talk about it. He says we don't talk about oh we're so passionate, but you have to learn to communicate with one another. And sometimes it's it's uh, I think sometimes it's telepathy. With the band you have to have, but you have to trust each other and you have to support each other, which is what you do in a business. You know, you have to trust and you have to support and pull your weight and maybe watch out for somebody else's weight too. Well, I'm not a musician, and and my brother was the drummer in the band in the family, and you know I idolized him and he loved all these musicians and all these bands. I was more of a sports nut, but in all my years now doing rock and roll fans game, 21 years, and I'm. 61 and I've been in this business for 41 years, 42 probably, 43. I started in 18 in the Catskills. I will tell you the biggest thing that I've learned from from all these rock stars and it, it over and over again is the success and the key to a great band is learning to listen. If everyone would plays their own notes and they're not listening to each other, it doesn't work. And the, the, the successful bands are the ones that listen. And, you know, why the Beatles? You know, what made them better than everybody else? Mm-hmm. What made them better was these four people got together. And while um, George, and you know, was an amazing guitar player, John and Paul wrote some incredible songs. And Ringo took those songs and he interpreted how a drummer should interpret them. And together, you know, you, you don't you don't find Ringo being a fancy drummer like, like uh, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. Keith uh, Moon was in The Who. But you know, that music didn't mm-hmm. lend to that. That music lended to Ringo, and that's why you know Paul McCartney said he's the greatest drummer in the world because it made the Beatles so big. What made Keith Moon? If Keith Moon would have been in the Beatles, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. It works in The Who. But it didn't work. And another thing recently I heard, uh, Gene Simmons Gene Simmons said a, um, a great line the other day to me. And um, he said, um, can you imagine at, looking back at all these bands, how many of us would have won? We, none of us would have ever won The Voice. They wouldn't have won The Voice. And, <laughs> and he was so right. He's so right. He says, you know what made us? It was that attitude. It was the attitude that we had, the songs, the attitude. And we never would have won these contests. Oh, I got, I never, that, that is, uh, I never would have thought of that. But Simmons, right. you know, he, he knows his business. Yeah, that's so true. He does. They, they wouldn't have had, a, a even though we love their voices. Yeah, they're great. We love their voices. And they inspire us and they take us places and and uh, and bring us to, to different emotions. Still, you know, you think about it, they wouldn't have gotten on there and had, as what my friend used to call during Star Search, the Star Search squeal. they got to hit that Star Search squeal at some point. Right. You know, and, and not right. missing the people. They work very hard. They train. But, yeah, yeah, it's not that. Um, actually, I've got and somebody the reason I, on the, the reason, line right and, now. Uh, the reason I wrote the book was because it's amazing the what I learned from being around all these rock stars and, and the knowledge that they have. Uh-huh. And, and um, and the people they've met over the years and the experiences and so that's why I try to share it. Okay, let's take your first caller. 
Yeah, and too, and anybody else, if you want to talk to David uh, Fishoff, the number is 646-716-9922, toll free in the continental U.S. And David, you got a caller here. Hi, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Come on in and say Hi, hello this to is David Andrea. Fishoff. Hey, Andrea. She's a uh, she's one of our regulars out on the uh, out on your side of the country, on the West Coast. David. Yes, on on the West Coast, out here, Hi, not in Hollywood, but close enough. Hi, David. So I love the uh, cover of your book, and I love what you've been saying too, because I can really pick up on your energetic vibes. You know, I love the story Thank of jumping you. out of the pool and writing everything down, because you know these flashes <laughs> of inspiration are so important. You know, we don't think that they mean anything. Oh, they mean so much. And I'll tell you that we we have to talk about passion, you know. Um, I'm I'm quite excited today because I sent one of my employees and my son, who's 32 years old, I sent him to um, Tony Robbins. Because there's one thing Tony Robbins, and I'm a huge fan of his, is inspiration. And I think everybody has to get up every morning and to go to their job with, to be inspired. And, 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 and not only to be inspired, but, but to, and, and to, and to want to do their work that they're so passionate about. Now, can you be passionate sometimes if you're an accountant? Yes, you can, if that's your passion. But then you should be doing your passion. But if you're not doing your passion... Find a way to do your passion every day because it will keep it will lead you to a longer life. Uh, they show that people that don't quit their jobs live longer. Um, the people that are that, that retire and um, don't live as as long because you know they don't have passion in their life. Passion is is really it's too underrated. But I know that I wake up every morning and I know that if I come up with an idea, I can try to make it happen. Whether it's going to be a, and I've had a lot of losses too. I've you know if you know I I, I if I knew if they were you know I used to tell these promoters because they would buy shows for me and if they lost and um, you know my line used to be if if you, if every show was a winner you'd probably be living on the the beaches of rio i said but you gotta buy winners and losers at least you buy the losers for me i'm a nicer guy than the other managers but uh but the bottom line is i i've i've had my losses and i've had my ideas that didn't work or or like the famous saying in my business is there's no bad shows there's only bad deals um, you know, I, I, I've created ah. this, an amazing sym- symphony. I was listening last night. I created this this record, and and it's and you can download it on iTunes. I, I hadn't, I wouldn't listen to it the last seven years. It's called the British Rock Symphony, and it was an idea I had to create a symphonic version of the music of the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and the Who, and using singers like iconic singers like Ann Wilson and Paul Rogers and Roger Daltrey to oh. sing these songs. And it's really, I listened to, uh, I, I, I lost so much money on that tour and on that project, so I couldn't get myself to listen to the record. But I said to myself yesterday, let me listen to it. And I kept listening to it and listening. And it's timeless. And um, so I've had winners and I've had losers. And, um, but at least, you know, and your goal in life should be you should have more winners than losers. So, um, and, and you, and, but if you're passionate, you will. You will have that. Well, I love your idea about, you know, the testing, you know, the guy that made the mock-up of the, you know, the poster and, you know, that that's that's a great idea because there's a lot of us that have a lot of good ideas, but we're a little bit too nervous to really, Gunshot. you know, yeah. thank you. I write that in my book. And, 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 you know, there's so many times that uh, I came up with an idea for a clothing line years ago um, called the Quarterback Club. I'm representing the quarterback in the, of the Los Angeles Rams, Vince Ferragamo, the quarterback of the New York Giants, Phil Sims. And I said, you know, the, what does the quarterback represent? It represents Joe Namath. Everybody loves the quarterback. Every woman loves the quarterback. And who buys clothes? Women buy for their husbands. They buy for their kids. I'm going to create a line of clothes called the Quarterback Club. And I'll never forget, I went to a, a design. And I said, how much are you charging me to make up labels and an ad for my clothes and everything? Like that? He said, David, give me 500, 750, I could, I, you know, and I'll never forget. And he made me a beautiful presentation. And I took that presentation and I went to the National Football League and I said, hey, let's license, you know, quarterback clothes and quarterback club clothes. And you know, it took me a year or two or three years. They didn't, they didn't like the idea back then because they didn't want to promote the individual players. But when it came time to you know promoting individual players and they realize the 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 business of that it's only going to make them successful 
they 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 took the idea and they ran with it and they made they did six it was it was a huge brand for them. So what did it cost me? It cost me five hundred, seven hundred fifty dollars, and and that and believe me, that's a lot because you can go. There are so many websites today that you can ask artists to bid and they'll you know give them your ideas, create an ad. Um, but I went to sign Ringo Starr. Um, so I had to convince him to go on tour. And so I went to my friend who makes radio spots and I said, do me a favor, come up with this radio. I wrote up a radio spot and it goes like this live in concert, Ringo Starr, his all-star band featuring Joe Walsh feature. And I brought it to life. I took a radio commercial that cost me a thousand, oh $500,000 and I played on the spot and all of a sudden it came to life. And then I turned around and sold it to a sponsor who, so, so from a, a radio commercial. So you can take your ideas. And you can create an ad. You know, I heard yesterday that someone was telling me to work on this film. I'm really having fun. I've never, you know, really, uh, you know, produced the film, and uh, I'm really not. I mean, someone else is producing it, but I'm, I'm trying to help all I can. When they present him a film, he says to them, "I want to see the poster idea, the final poster first, before I read the script." And um, and I think that's brilliant. You know, he wants to see what the, you know, what where what they see as as the, as the project. And you can get these artwork done today. There's so many artists who want to, who, you know, who will do this these kinds of samples and, um, you know. And I, so I really believe that's the first thing to taking your idea and put it to paper. Put it create create something. And someone once came to me with an idea. They they showed me a cup that doesn't spill. A coffee cup, and and it, it was a great idea. Make the make make a sample. By seeing the sample, by seeing the ad, by seeing the poster, in your mind, once you see that finished product, you you'll be motivated to do it. I love it. Oh my God, amazing! I know, Andrea. And think about Andrea. What he said about he made. I mean, he 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 knew he had to to put his vision, make it clear to somebody else, make them see what he, he saw and hear what he was going to hear by making the commercial for Ringo Starr, of all people, you know, so then he's hearing it, he's elated, and then you know if you put it to what, you put it to who else next, a sponsor? Or, you took it to other musicians, so you sent it to promoters, uh, you sent it to promoters and say, hey, I have this idea, go, I, want oh to take, I, want to, I want to take Ringo Starr, put him in concert, here's what the ad will sound like. Do you think you can buy it? Would you buy it for your, for your theater? And I was able to sell 30 shows based on that. I was able to sell um, – I tell a story how I, I took Dirty Dancing. It was an idea I had to make it into a live tour. And I went to Radio City Music Hall, and they said, oh, buy one show. And, I said, and the agent said to me, Let, I'm going to make them buy three shows. And um, he goes and, and uh, let, I said, let them buy three shows, pay us for two. But one, they got to put a full ad and, and ad in the newspaper. I wanted to see if this thing would sell. And we put a $50,000 ad in the New York Times. And we sold a million dollars in tickets. We sold out eight shows in 24 hours. And we didn't even have a show. And then afterwards, we said, okay, we're going to create a show. And But it was unbelievable, you know, just to do, you know create a poster, create an ad, and see if it sells. And, and I, you know, I, I've done that. I did that years ago when I was 20 years old. I, I opened a baseball camp with Lou Pinella. And I went to Lou Pinella, my, my baseball client. I said, I want to do a baseball camp with you. Can we do it these days? He says, fine. So I put an ad in the newspaper, Lou Pinella Baseball Camp, and, you know, four days and $200 and sent a $50 deposit. And I put the ad in the Bergen Record in New Jersey, and we got back 250 responses you know, one week later. So, yeah. okay, now I have to go find the, the location to do it. I knew what I wanted to do, but little did I realize I needed 10 baseball fields and not three because I had all these, all these play, kids <laughs> want to play, and you can't, you know, you, it's not like it's not like a theater. But I, so I learned right. afterwards. But I, I but I took an idea and I made it happen. And sometimes you have to do do something like that to make it happen. I love it. That that is just so inspiring. I really have to say that the uh, the tr- I love what you said about communication and trust and almost like uh, Jennifer was saying the telepathy that goes on um, when you really have inspired ideas. People pick up that this is coming from a place of inspiration, of enthusiasm, rigor, yeah. you know. And yeah, I mean, they can really pick up on it. But the idea of putting it into something they can see or a sample they can touch so they can feel it too, this is great. 
And then to Andrea, test it with all your friends and, and they'll come back and say, you know what, yeah. maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that or you have an app idea. You know what, the app is lacking, it's lacking this, lacking that. It's just going out and asking people and everybody wants to give advice, you know, and, and all your friends and, uh, you know, I mean, it's nothing different than they do in Hollywood. They they play these movies for, you know, groups to come in and test them and they get ideas from True. them as they leave, what would, you know, what you have liked. I mean, it's just very simple that people can do it for themselves and they think it costs so much money. You got to hire a marketing company. This, you don't need to do that. You can do it. You can do it very small yeah. and start to get, get motivated. Yeah. So That's thank you. Terrific stuff. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. I got to let and, you go. You know, huh? I feel like <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Andrea. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank in. you. Thank you so much, both of you. Bye. All right. Thanks, Andrea. She's she's one of our favorite regulars. And you know, I'm thinking too, David. The first promoter you you pitched this, uh, played this uh, the Ringo Starr promo for. I can imagine it being like the greatest highest. Like, oh my God, Jimmy Ringo Starr. Oh, George. Every time you had a name in there, uh, they all it was like, oh my God, this is like my fantasy band. Hey, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> and it would be like such a high. Yeah, have, like, I, I have it's so funny. I went, I, I, oh I, my God. I went. I, you know what I did? I, I I took the radio spot after Ringo said that he would tour, and I took it to uh, Dave Hart, who uh, happens to be his current agent now. And and I said to Dave, I went, ran up to his office. And I said, "What do you think of this?" And I know he booked he booked like four of the Nederland theaters, Detroit, Chicago, and from the commercial, he loved it. And he said, "Good, I'll take four shows." Now, once he took four shows, and the promoters heard that, then all of a sudden, the other promoter said, "I'll take a show, and I'll take a show, and I'll take a show." And, uh, you know, so, you know, one or two people help get, take your ideas. And once they give you credibility, then then you can move on and, and build the tour. And, and, uh, and the, you know, the same thing with, with you know, corporate America. I'm a, I'm a huge fan because uh, I write in the book that if you can get a corporate America to back your idea or, or to, to buy your product, then once you get one company to do it, you get the credibility, the others will follow. So um, you know, it's not it's not that difficult. It's, it's 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 really not difficult. It just takes a lot of lot of legwork, a lot of what they say, you know, muscle, um, and just putting a lot of time in it and the passion. And like she said, the passion really makes it, yeah. is, is half is half of it. Well, think about this now, David. Somebody sat around one night with their friends or something and came up with the idea of a <clears throat> teenage mutant ninja turtle or a purple dinosaur. Uh, oh man! I'm, I'm bo- remember lyrics. Right. Can you imagine how many people told him, "Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your rabbit ass mind?" You know, but they went forward with it, and right. And that was a school teacher out of that was a school teacher out of Texas who created that Barney, and that's her story. And then and then Ninja Ninja Turtles was was um, Chaim Saban heard about this great show in Japan and he brought it to America and you know he he made it he, he made it happen and um and then you always hear the story all the music fans of yours Michael Nesmith's mother from the Monkees came up with the idea of liquid paper you know they make a mistake oh, on a typewriter true. and what do you do and she created liquid paper and the word is that she made 40 million dollars and you know just with the idea and and you find it so much on television today inventors inventors and and today i mean there's so many of these shows like Shark Tank that make you that that mm-hmm. really are inspiring so many people that they can get on you know on Shark Tank and so many of these these shows that um and there's so many outlets now from you know home shopping networks mm-hmm. and so many you know you don't need to be oh yeah it's just it's like I tell these touring musicians. They say, "Oh, you know, the business is not the same. There's no bands like the Who out there, and the Beatles, and the record labels don't support you." And and I said to them, and I said to these musicians, on the contrary, there's more opportunity now to tour, and you can be selling your own music after the shows. You can be selling your merchandise, and you know, and then you get a piece of the bar, and you know, you can just keep building your audiences to social media, and bigger than ever. And you don't need a record label. You don't need a to rely on anybody but yourself, and so many bands are making beautiful money just managing their own social media and their own touring and their own merchandise. Oh, David, I'm so glad you said that because I'm an entertainment publicist and I work mostly with musicians and authors, and I do some webinars 
called Promote This, DIY Publicity for Authors and Musicians. I'm saying you have such limitless resources and things that would cost you nothing but time to sit down and do. And if you're not being, you're not promoting yourself, you've got no one but yourself to blame. If no, so people can't right. buy your book if they don't know about it. People can't come to your gig if they don't know about you, haven't heard you. And you've got every resource that bands in the past never had. Uh, and can you imagine what it was media. like for and social media? You know, and I remember when when it started to change. Now you have to go to these rock stars who were promoting books and records. I mean, so the books, the rock star era books, it was amazing. From Keith Richards wrote books, and Alice Cooper, and they they all wrote books, and the books are, are really great. And then you know you would go to the, these stars and you'd say, well, now you got to go out and promote it. Well, I'll just do one interview, and, this, and the answer would be no, no. You need to spend weeks, two, three weeks to promote because the more you promote, the more you will sell. It, the, there's so much competition for the eyeball today. So many of these rock stars, oh, they all had to learn how to, how, you know, how to create their own um, social media. Today was a very sad day in rock and roll because Chester Bennington, who um, was oh, really yeah. a sweet, sweet man. I, I got to be able to speak to him a few times because we were planning to do a camp. And, um, and you know, I, I was just following the way his band, Linkin Park, I mean, they got so big, they created their own marketing company. They, they handled everything in-house. And this is a terrible tragedy because he left six children. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, but the, the way that band markets and they, they, were, they, they were getting hired by they own the mar- their own marketing company. They were getting hired by other people. Because they learned the social media, they learned the, um, you know, how to do it. Yeah, it takes the time. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it's a gift if you got, if you just sit down and use it. You can't, you can't have an excuse not to get your your material out or your work out. You know, there's all right. so many people have have good books right now that I've read. But I want to get back to some uh, some more about the rock and roll fantasy camp, especially when you tell okay. me, My you favorite. tell me, David, that you've had people like. Uh, director for Disney or uh, somebody, Scott Hamilton, who I've been a fan of for so long, and then they want to back out because you're who, the, the rock star, and you know, they could, uh, I love the way I, I can just picture you sort of like just a, a, a big brother or a buddy going, no, come on, you got to be here, come on, come on, you got to, you, that, you'll be glad you did. You're so and, right, that's me, because, uh... yeah. I mean, I feel that. I feel that from watching you in videos, too, and because you got the um, – um, and then, of course, I would be one to say, look, Jeff Beck is going to show up for you. Come on. <laughs> you got to show up for him. But I also noticed – But I understand. Um, Can I tell you something? Maybe, let me explain yeah. the fear factor. Here's, here's how the fear factor works. And, and, and I, I, I take it – I roll it back to myself. If you said to me, David – after this podcast, as a special guest, you will get a free trip to the Michael Jordan Basketball Fantasy Camp. Michael Jordan used to run a fantasy camp. I said, thank you, but no thank you. I'm not going there because I don't want to go into a situation where other people are playing um, their instruments and, and we're going to play basketball, and I'm going to feel not as good as. And here I am. I feel successful in what I do. I'm going to go put myself in a position, and then, and then on top of it, they have to pay to go in a position where they're not going to feel good. I'd rather take that money and go sit on a cruise and eat and drink. And so people, not everybody wants to put themselves in a position of, of you know, of, of, I'm, I'm less than. And I can't tell you the stories. You know, I have a running joke, and I, I, I know it's a terrible joke, but at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, the week before um, camp, it's called Cancer Week because it's inevitable that I, don't, I get a phone call from a, um, a camper's a wife saying, my husband is, um, he can't come because uh, he, he's got a business meeting, and, and, or, or, you know, they, they, they lie. And he's, he's sure he doesn't have a business meeting. He wants to come, but he's nervous that he's not going to be as good as. It. And his grandmother has cancer, and his brother has cancer, and then and some lady slipped and said, "Oh, his guitar has cancer." I mean, you know, so I mean, you know, it's so crazy. So uh, it's hard for me to, but but that you know, it's called, called the week before cancer. So and 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 I can't tell you, if, but they're right. I, I mean, I I understand because I'd be scared to go too. You know, in order to put yourself in a position that's uncomfortable. Um, you know, it, it puts yourself in a position. People get scared, and um, you know, it's like Tony Robbins. You know, and uh, I was talking to his, mm-hmm. his his guy of admissions. He he came to my camp, and he said, and he said to me, David. He said, um, 
you know, we also have a lot of people who, um, you know, we, we don't sell out right away. Now they're selling out because they're, they're, they're big. But how many people would not ter- have turned down to go to see Tony Robbins? I know after I went, I would tell people, family members, oh, no, that's not for me. That's for someone else. And, you know, uh, just people, people are scared to put themselves in an uncomfortable position. But it's but I will say not only you make people you know give a, a sense of comfort and support like I said like like a big brother, but I've we're totally not listening. We are so not. If yeah. You, well, yeah, and you feel it. But if you go into if you go watch some of the you've got so many videos on YouTube, uh, some to promote the the, the corporate training uh, team building or or just a regular you know fantasy camp, and in every one like I think there was one where it's a company Roger Daltrey's there. And you see, well, some people can play. The people that just think they cannot get up on stage, you have other roles to play. They're important. And I saw all the sheets you yeah. have out there where you, they take uh, the songs and they can rewrite their lyrics to uh, make it fit their uh, – uh, these rock songs that they love to fit their business. And you see – and you can look at that, pick those videos and tell that, you know, Roger is making them feel like, okay, Roger Daltrey is saying, come on, yeah, yeah. You get the feeling he's going, he's going that's right, that's good. You're doing good. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's and the one thing. We have, we're, we're totally at rock camp. We're totally non-competitive. We put you in a band with with musicians that are alike. Um, we and if we if we, if we if we if we made a mistake and didn't put you in the right band the first hour, we'll we'll put it. We'll change it. Um, and 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 so we're so careful that it's non-competitive. And um, you know, and, and the other day I was watching a little bit of the film, and and Vinny Appice says, and the winner of the uh, the and we, we we try to make you into the best band, but. But the best band wins absolutely nothing at our camp, and um, <laughs> yeah, don't, I, I, we don't put you in a position. And our camps are really incredible; they're, they're really a life-changing. And, and our next camp is—I'm so excited about it. It's Judas Priest, and um, they're, they're yes. Judas Priest, and this oh, is yeah. their, this is their. This is their third camp. I mean, this is Rob Halford saying, David, we got to do this all around the world. We love this. And he's such a sweet, giving man, but he really is. He's, he's tremendous. And, and um, he, the whole band loves camp, and, and they, they get it, and they realize that it's about changing people's lives through the power of music. Um, is, is it as easy? With a, lot of, you know, a lot of musicians are, aren't like that, aren't as giving as they are, aren't as giving as a Roger Daltrey. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're scared of themselves to say, oh, I can't play with an amateur or I can't play. But people who, you know, who take themselves, who you know, respect themselves, have enough confidence in themselves and know that they, can, they have something to offer to the fan and to the fellow musician, it's really an amazing experience. And um, this next camp is especially um, really one of my favorites because – this band, you know, they, they, they volunteered. They said, we're going to play the Whiskey A Go-Go with every band. I mean, you're going to play on stage with, with, with you know, cheap, with, 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 Ju- with Judas Priest. I was just talking about Cheap Trick the other day. But um, with, with Judas Priest. And, and then from Skid Row, Sebastian Bach. I mean, he's done, camp, he's done three or four camps with me. He's amazing. You know, the way he goes to the rooms and works with the people and, and the, the Q&As. And uh, I was saying, the, you know, I was going through this old footage and, you know, a camp, the things that these people will pick up, the stories they will pick up are unbelievable. I really, I, I give these, these rock stars so much credit because mm-hmm. they have, again, so much to give. And, and camp is a great outlet for them to, to, you know, to give it and show it. I like this. The Judas Priest edition of uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, I believe the dates are sever- September 14th through 17th. Am yep, I correct? in Los Angeles. And I think yeah, and- in Los Angeles, it's, it's called the Hell Bent for Hollywood. <laughs> and, it, and I'm, and I'm and, telling uh, anyone who's listening, to, anyone who's listening to the program today, and mentions um, the the podcast, uh, I'm going to give them a a guitar, uh, a free guitar, a $700 value guitar. Um, because they're your guests, and and uh, they're gonna, they probably have never heard about the camp or wanted to come, and hopefully they'll they will come and they will um, go through the amazing experience. Okay, tell me that deal again. That sounds too good. They're gonna get a free guitar, a rock and roll. We have a new free, uh, we have an electric guitar that uh, the rock and roll fantasy camp guitars, and they're really amazing. They're they're, they're playable. They're great. They can get them signed. Um, and if you come to, you sign up um, to Rock and Roll Fans Camp and mention uh, Madam's um, um, Madam podcast, Perry Salon. The, Madam Perry yeah. Salon, then you'll get a free guitar uh, with your sign up. It's a $799 um, gift. 
That is so nice. That is so generous of you. That is uh, sure. what more could you want? You've got on this one, though, you've got um, – now, do you have a band, and then you have also uh, the it says featuring rock star counselors. You also have other Okay, so how it works. Celebrities. So how, how Rock Camp works. I know we should have gotten this in from the first five minutes, but let's do it right now. The way Rock Camp works is that you sign up, and the minute you sign up, we send you songs that we recommend that you you know, you know start learning um, because I really believe the excitement of camp starts the minute you sign up for camp because you know people start losing weight because they're going to perform on stage. They start taking lessons. They start sharpening their songs, <laughs> and, you know, and, that's, and, so, and, and, their, and their chops and their music. And if you can't you know, have time, that's fine also, and you know, that, that will also work. Um, but it, it, you know, to me – you, you you start getting the music together, get into music, listen to the songs, read about all the artists, and read about the counselors. I mean, the one thing about our touring counselors like Rudy Sarzo and Vinnie Apice, and and uh, really they, they really are the are the backbone of the camp. They are the ones that that, that keep that camp, um, the, these campers coming back. Fifty percent of the campers return, and it's these great musicians who have performed in front of probably the. They've performed in front of millions upon millions of people. They've recorded songs that have sold millions of records. The experience that they have, every gig that they've done, they've toured, the audiences they've been in front of, they have so much experience and they have so much to offer the person coming to the camp from their, just their years of, of, of touring and experience and recording and, and the business alone. That um, and they're walking around. They're having lunch with you. They're sitting at the tables with you, um, and you know you can ask questions. They're doing master classes, mm-hmm. and then um, and they're getting their bands ready. And each one of these touring musicians takes a band for four days, and then during those four days, um, well, with Judas Priest, every day the new, the different members will come into the camp and rehearse and jam with you. But if like Sebastian Bach. Uh, as a guest, or Nancy Wilson was a guest, she'll come in and, and you, you know, she'll jam with your band and sign pictures and autographs. But the fact that you're jamming with Nancy Wilson on a song of Barracuda uh, is just an amazing mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. And people, and if anybody's terrified of, of playing with somebody, but and I, you know, we all understand that. But I got to tell you, once uh, with my jazz combo, my husband was on, I had a bass player I got in that, um, uh, this guy had played for years with people like Oscar Peterson and Needed Day back in the big band and uh, those kind of jazz, straight ahead jazz groups. He was playing with me on his name is Neil Starkey and he playing on upright bass. And we got through that gig. My husband said, I feel like he beat me up all over the stage. I mean, he beat me up. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, what, are you Are you kidding? He said, it was like a master camp in two hours. How could I not love it? He goes, I say he beat me up, but it was the greatest experience of my life. And not that people will feel beat up, but, you know, he felt like, uh, what an experience, how much I learned just in that amount of time. Um, he, Rudy Sarzo was one of the first rock stars to be a guest here on Madame Perry's Salon, and what a sweetheart of a guy. Just, Rudy Sarzo uh, is probably one of the most amazing Amazing um, um, people um, and, and around. You know his 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 love of gift of his love of giving um, the people. It's just yeah he's he, yeah he's, he's I can't tell you enough about you know he's the first one I call when I have a camp and uh, you know I love it when he can do it and I've seen him cancel you know gigs or or say to a band hold up I've got to wait for David's camp he's been. He's been so supportive of me and oh. such an inspiration to me and such an inspiration to the campers. I mean, I cannot tell you what he has done and met. And, he, you know, and, he, and I've seen him. He gets inspired from them, and they get inspired from him. So, um, yeah, you, 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 he's probably your, yeah. your number one when it comes to giving. Yeah, you feel like he's he's just a genuine article. You know, he's, he genuine. loves to mentor. He is, he, he'll he's say, the, you know, he he's the real to deal. He's a, yeah, he's a real and deal. Another, he's a real deal. Another recent guest that I had here that's a regular, seems to be a regular on the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, Joe Vitale. Wow. So Joe, and there's another gentleman. Is he fun or is he fun? He's, he just did my last camp and his relationship, you know, and it's so amazing because I, I see all these campers on Facebook. They're, they're all, uh, they come visit him backstage and he was telling me, Joe Walsh says, is that another person from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp? Is that another person? And they, he has, in all in the city, he's got friends visiting him all day. And, 
and what, what he's given the camps and and I had to do a, a songwriting camp once and it was uh, I said you know Joe would you just work with songwriters he worked with twelve songwriters the songs they produced were incredible and so many of them said to me um, you know one guy has a song on the charts now and he thinks he, he credits Rock and Roll Camp you know while we're talking I just got a um, I, I got an email, and, I, and this is what keeps me doing this every day. And it came from a gentleman named Fletcher McCuster, and, and, and I probably probably sold his company, an insurance company, and, and um, you know, a medical company. I forgot what it is, but he writes, Hey, stranger, Fletcher here. Sold my company, fooling around mostly. Our band did a record and album. It was picked up as a top ten release in May. Getting some radio play. The band, the band is called SQWRL, Squirrel. And we have released two singles. And what I'm trying, and the Witch Doctor, um, and we got a bit, we got a new record label, and they're playing our songs. We have an arena date in October, and then the last one is wouldn't have happened with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Tell me what you think. So every day, uh, whether it's a, a ah. opening for Joe Perry and um, Aerosmith, yeah, every day we're getting, we get these people that um, have really, you know, they've embraced the brand and and. Um, they have. It's been incredible. It's really been incredible. They've got through life changing experiences. One more. No. Well, I, I think that's an understatement, and I'd say like, it, as well as uh, every one of these events sounds like for for the person who goes in and. I would say like like an Empyrean experience, like just something out of this world, wow. the ultimate. Uh, uh, now, for us, you know, it makes it before. difficult. For, yeah, for us, it makes it difficult because, um, you know, you have to produce these events. And normally they're like setting up rehearsals for like the Rolling Stones when they go on tour. You set up this all rehearsal time, meals and studios and equipment and everything. And then the band goes on tour and does 100 dates so they can, um, you know, they, they can amortize the cost. We have nothing to amortize it. So it's it, it's a lot of work, and, and it's, but I got to tell you, it's the, the, what, what's coming out of the documentary has really been very exciting because um, documentary came up. It was the idea that I came up with and found uh, Jeff Rowe, the producer from VH1. I ran VH1. He was a senior executive at NBC. He's a great producer. Um, to produce the documentary, and this lady Kim First, this woman, she's an incredible director. And what's come out is in all the interviews that um, in all the interviews and um, has been that, um, you know, here's these people's stories that have gone through the camp. But in interviewing the celebrities, the big names for the Sammy Hagers, the Joe Perry's, the Roger Daltrey's. And it's been how they've talked about their inspiration at the camp and how it changed their lives or their or their or they've gotten inspired by seeing all these people playing music and playing the songs. And you know, Roger Dolce said, you know, I got lucky. You know, I was them. I got lucky. Um, Joe Perry said to me, I, you know, I, I finished my book. I got so inspired by these people and, and, and on and on. And um, really what makes the camp uh, so great is that it, it, you, you can tell the sincerity of the rock star. So I told Slash, you know, come for a few hours and jam with these bands. And 12 hours later, he left. You know, he just started doing an hour with each band and hanging with them. And Gene Simmons, another great mentor, you know, he came there and, and mm-hmm. uh, the band, this band, the band said, oh, can we do this song Deuce with you? And we, we, we reworked it up and he says, give me a guitar. And he spent an hour teaching these people how to write a song. He said, let me teach you how to write a song and let me teach you. And the amount of knowledge that Gene and these people have is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. It really is unbelievable, and then, then giving back, giving back, and showing these people, and and um, you know, we recently interviewed Gene, and he said these people keep in touch with them, and they send them the songs and the update of the songs, and and you know, Gene's a guy who owned, he found Van Halen. I mean, he's a guy who who really knows his music. You know, you uh, we only have a few minutes. Sure. Oh yes, oh yes. He's a he, he's quite a guy, businessman, musician, everything. I just read uh, Paul Stanley, one of his books recently, and uh, read more. But uh, while I've got a few minutes left with you, uh, just so though if you're listening live, I'm talking to David Fishoff, founder of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. We're talking about that as well as two books, uh, putting it on the line, and also Rock Your Business, where you and your company can learn from the business of rock and roll, and the and the book is just laid out so beautifully it's like he anticipates you, every question you've had and, it, and it's, okay, it's available this, on, on it's, it's on amazon 
Um, it's on Amazon and, and, and also my website, rockcamp.com. Please feel free rockcamp. to go to it and visit Oh, it. yes. Got to yeah. say that. Rockcamp.com. You can't make it easier with, with the uh, – and, of course, I'm sharing all, the, connect, all the, um, the links and the connections on all of my social media, everything. I've got Twitter, and you saw I put, a, a, put it on uh, LinkedIn today, Pinterest, everything right. I've got. I'm talking about Rock Camp and uh, David Fishoff and your books. One more thing, though, I've got to say, and that is – when you're touring, you know, it all sounds like fun and games a lot of times. And I know it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of work that goes into putting together a show and traveling. And uh, with the Ringo Starr, there's one particular incident I want to ask you about. Um, and it's uh, Ringo Starr and Todd Rundgren. And by the way, I want to just take a little sidestep over here and say, I'm such a Todd Rundgren fan. Was he, he seems to love these Ringo Starr tours. You know, Todd is such a yeah. talent. And, you know, he's a zany guy, but a lot of talent. And, you know, I've had him at camp and I've toured with him. And the mind that he has, I mean, everything that you're seeing with the Internet and, 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 and the music and Apple, Todd was, was, was there when it first started. And he was the mind. And I can't tell you, I have a, a camper of mine who's down in Texas. He's in the, he's in the, um, in the business and, uh, of um, the Internet business. And uh, so he said to me, Todd Rudgren was one of the originators of this business. Of this business. And he, yeah. he's got a mind, an unbelievable mind. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah, mind. So, yeah. but, I guess, but when you travel like that with the Ringo Starr, all-star band tours, and you've got all these people, you know, Sammy Hager, all these musicians, uh, Joe Walsh. But let me ask you this. I would get the feeling that, you know, you do get friendly. It's like hanging with the crowd, you know, and getting to know everybody. But I would think that these guys, I saw something that made me feel like these guys really, really have more than just respect. They have a lot of affection for you. And that David is uh, about how you broke up a fight backstage. Oh, it's a very famous fight. Yes, uh, and it's on YouTube. And <laughs> if you Google David Fishoff and Ringo Starr, it's very cute. And I'll set it up, and people can go to it. But it was, you know, it was after the third or fourth show of the Ringo tour. Um, you know, people told me, you know, I came up with this idea to put all these um, band leaders on one tour, put them on the road, and everyone said it's never going to work, David. It's, you know, it's one thing if we're doing a benefit concert and we can get people to show up, but to go 30 dates on tour with guys from all different bands, it's never going to work, you know? And um, so I was having dinner with the president of Radio City Music Hall when the late Clarence Clemens walks by and says, David, I'm out of here. And, and everyone knew I was nervous <laughs> about that, that, that it wouldn't work. And Nils Lofkin walks by and says, it's not going to work. And, and I said, where's Ringo? Go find Ringo. I couldn't find him. And they said, you better go in and break up a fight. And I walk into a room to the dressing room and there's Joe Walsh with a knife in his hand with blood and Levon Helm with blood in a glass bottle and they're yelling at each other for the songs and and then he takes the Levon takes the glass bottle throws it over Joe's head and and they both turned around and I'm I'm, I'm walking in there screaming are you a bunch of babies and they all turned around and stuck their tongues out at me yeah they they really did they they played me they played me very cool and but I, that's how I got the idea to do rock and roll fancy camp. That was the idea, and and it's it's yeah, it's very funny. Oh, really? It's uh, yeah, it wasn't funny to me at the time. I almost had a heart attack, but no. uh, but for those guys, it was really funny. And 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 you know what? It comes to show you, there and I love it because I I think people need to hear how incredible many of these rock stars are. You know, you hear about the the news, you know, pulls out the bad stuff. No one ever says you know, the great stuff, but they really are sensitive mm -hmm. people. They're, and the only reason they're that talented is because, I mean, the, the reason they're, they're so amazing is they have talent. I couldn't get, could you get in front of a stage mm -hmm. of, of, of 50,000 people and play guitar like Joe Perry? Uh-uh, not many people can do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so, and, and make mm -hmm. people, and then, and then make the audience move with your guitar. That's unbelievable what you can do. It's unbelievable mm -hmm. what they can do with, with with an instrument, with a voice, and getting people to sing along, and I'm blown away by the talents of these people. Oh yeah, and I think it's that yeah, they do have to. Have, their sensitivity is reflected in their songwriting. But I just thought that episode, though, that to me that just showed an affection for you. And I'm sure yeah, that thank you. Yeah, no, it, it, left with the defibrillators, you know, to get your heart restarted. I'm sure it was funny then too. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kept thinking of ways to. Uh, I wish I wish I could have found ways to to make, to do it back to them, but I didn't have the guts, you know. But they were they're great. But they're talented, <laughs> talented, amazing people. Yep. Okay, well that's what you need me so, for, David. I'm great at practical jokes. They're not the corny ones. They're uh, they go a step beyond, take a life of their own sometimes. But anyway, so first of all, we, we're about to end. I am so grateful that you've been so generous with your time with me tonight. I really appreciate it. And I know the listeners do. So, so let me get my last my last things in. Thank you. Uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Cam creator David Fishoff. He says, if you're a listener of Madame Perry Salon and you sign up for this Judas Priest Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in September and tell him where you heard about it, he's going to give you a free guitar. And this is no joke. This man, believe me, this man does not joke around what he says he's going to do. <laughs> he does. He's got the, he's got the, uh, the, the most important thing in life. That's all you book. do is keep, yep. Thank you. Yeah, but I think people really enjoy the book. Oh, I was going to say, rock your business, what you and your company can learn from the business of rock and roll. Let me tell you, this is this is be the most exciting business book you ever read. And also, before we go, remember, check them out on YouTube to find the bits, uh, uh, the little bits of video that make you think, hey, I want to go do that. And also um, – as David mentioned earlier, we want to uh, give some, uh, give our love and thoughts, prayers to uh, the family, friends, and fans of Chester Bennington. Uh, that was a sad moment today. And I think, David, unless you have uh, a final word, and I want to go out with a Joe Vitale drum solo. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you much, so David much. Bishop.